Do you feel stuck living the life that someone else planned for you? Are you ready to dive deep and discover the life you dream of living? I've helped many others create the life of their dreams and step into it, and I can help you too. Schedule a discovery session with me through my website, beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com to begin your dream life. Have you ever doubted your own self-confidence? Hmm. Being over 50, I'm not sure I can count all the times I have. Going through a divorce, questioning if I chose the right career after already devoting 10 years of my life to it, and then dating as a single mom. I'm not as young, maybe I don't look as pretty, the questions just keep coming. Whether it's self-doubt on our life choices or our surroundings or our appearance, it creeps in. Join us here as we share tips and stories of how to grow your own confidence inside and out with experts who have also experienced the highs and lows of self-confidence. I'm your host, Kelly Buckley, and this is the Beautifully Confident Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Beautifully Confident Podcast. I have a fabulous guest to start the new year. Her name is Lizzie Enns, and she is a wife, mom, functional nutrition practitioner, and author of her new book, Escaping My Reflection, A Pilgrimage from Suppression to Freedom. And you are all going to want to grab a copy of this. I cannot wait for her to share her story with you and just share her journey of confidence. Welcome, Lizzie. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for having me, Kelly. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely. I just, what a way to start the year with your overcoming story. So, oh my gosh, tell our listeners a little bit about your story. Yeah, I want to give the whole book away. (laughs) We're not giving the whole book away, but we'll give you snippets enough to make you go. I got to have that book. Awesome. (laughs) So Escaping My Reflection is the name of the book. And it's my story about growing up in the Amish community, the most strict form of Amish community. And I was there for 19 years of my life. And Hollywood kind of makes the, if you have ever seen shows of the Amish, I don't know if you've ever seen any Kelly, but um, I've seen a few and I live in central Pennsylvania. So yes, there are Amish around us and yeah. Go ahead and finish your thoughts because, yes, I I know we have some thoughts, too, of like, oh, it's so peaceful. (laughs) Yes, uh, they they make it look like this little quaint life and everything's just peaceful and nice. And that's just not really the case. I always tell people, don't be fooled by what goes on behind the black curtains. And we literally have black curtains on our windows. So (laughs) there's there's a lot that goes on behind that. And. I'm sure for you, even being around that from the outside, it looks nice. There's an int- that people get intrigued by it because of the simple lifestyle and it feels less chaotic in a sense because, yeah. you know, they're typically growing their own food as far as, you know, your fruits and vegetables. I grew up on a farm and so we raised all our animals. We grew our, had huge gardens and, and to back it up just a little bit. Where I'm from, there's no electricity, there's no indoor plumbing, there's no running water. We used wood burning stoves to cook our food, heat our house, and we uh, rode around in horse and buggies. Wow. 
And it's a, uh, we got to shower or not even shower. We didn't have showers. We got to take a bath once a week. Oh my. <laughs> so imagine that. <laughs> so it's, it, there's different orders in the Amish community and there's, and I was like the, the one on like the lowest where it was like the most strict and the rules were much more intense and you were allowed a lot less to in this world. So some of the, the communities around you might actually be allowed to have more things than what I had where I was growing up. Right. So have you heard of the term Rumspringa? No, and I, I have to admit, I see them, but I honestly know nothing about their lifestyle. Yeah. So we see them. It's just kind of uh, an everyday life. I go yeah. shopping for my uh, my plants in the summer in this area, and that's kind of the the extent of it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I can almost guarantee you that the community that you're around in is it Lan- Lancaster where you are? I'm actually a little bit farther north than Lancaster. Okay. So in that area or surrounding areas, it's quite different. I grew up in Ohio mm-hmm. and the the communities can uh, vary a lot from state to state, community okay. to community. So I could almost guarantee you that where, I, where I'm from, we look completely different than oh. the ones that you're around. Okay. So we worked very hard. It was, it's hard work. We, you know, like I said, raised all our own, own food for primarily, like we, we would go to the store to buy flour and sugar and all of that stuff. But um, we had very little to do with the outside world. We had communication with people. So the biggest thing that I always tell people is you could get an idea, people that aren't around, you probably don't think of it this way. But people that are were never around them, they kind of think we like lived in compounds where it's like wall, the walls are up. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 it's not like that. It is. We have our own farm and our closest Amish neighbors were three miles away. That's where my parents lived and where I grew up. But most Amish people, their closest neighbors are Amish people. They kind of like hang around in the same areas, but we always call ourselves lucky because we're like, we don't want Amish neighbors. Like <laughs> I never, <laughs> because we were rebels when we were growing up and we could run around and hide with things. Like we weren't allowed to listen to music or have anything that, that had a lot of batteries in it. So we would sneak around listen and listen to music. And oh, so right. we could sw- sneak around doing those things. And we weren't had, didn't have to worry about the Amish neighbors coming around. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> anyway. So yes, it's one of those things where you really can't comprehend it unless you've been there. So many people are so shocked when they hear the things that go on. And I left when I was 19. I ran away when I was 19. And I'll, I'll go through that process a little bit so that you guys have a little bit of an idea of that. But the the big reason why I left, there's there's many, but a big reason why I left is I just really couldn't, I, I couldn't understand or get into the belief system that the church had and how they were treating people. And I just, the way that they taught us who God was, I couldn't get on board with it. He was the guy that was always up on in the sky, ready to 
like beat us if we do something wrong. <laughs> so that's the kind of God that they taught that that he was because in their eyes, we were the only, uh, being born Amish and being there, we were the only people that could go to heaven because in their eyes, that's what God would want is that you live a life like that because when Jesus walked on earth and in the beginning times, there was no modern technology. So in their eyes, that's how you're supposed to live. Wow. And I just couldn't get on board with a God treating people the way that they were treating us. The rules of the church, always looking for what you're doing wrong, telling you that you're a bad person. And um, and then there's a lot of hidden things within the church as well. Abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, those kinds of things. And those are the things that I tell people are hidden behind the black curtains because they don't allow the law to come in. And if these things happen, they keep them within the church and they hide them. And if you, they do get exposed, the church is the one that brings the rules in and, and tells them like what punishment needs to be done, but they don't go to law enforcement. Wow. And they don't want anything to do with law enforcement. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> so there are some people that have left that have uh, exposed their abusers and things have come to light. And so there are some people that are stepping up and, you know, exposing some of those things, but it, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. yeah. So Lizzie, can you take us just a little bit through your journey of, I guess, a little bit of your story of like what your life looked like and then, you know, how you decided I, I need to, I need to go. Yeah. Absolutely. If you think of your life in the Amish community, you'd be getting up in the morning and you have to put a dress on that you're going to use straight pins to get dressed. And you're going to have, you know, 20 to 30 straight pins that you use. This is where I was at to get dressed. And you may have multiple layers on. So you have to use those straight pins and there's very strict rules and orders on what that dress needs to look like and how those pins can go into your dress. There's rules on how the pin has to be in the dress as well. So <laughs> I know, right? Oh my. <laughs> like it's mind blowing when you think about it now. So, you know, we lived on a farm and so it was hard work. It was always work before play. And I will tell you the one thing that I am grateful for is I learned how to have a work ethic mm -hmm. and it was like, get it done. You get in this one of the things that has allowed me to be successful in what I do now because it's like, all right, these are the things that need to get done and we get them done. And so that translates over. So we, we have a really great work ethic because we learned from like the age of five how to work. And it's beautiful, but there's a lot of discipline that comes with that and structure and order because when you get up in the morning, you know what to do. You're going to go to the barn and milk the cows by hand. You're going to feed the chickens. You're going to gather the eggs. Everybody comes together for breakfast at, at the same time. And then you go about your day and what you're going to do. And it could be anything, whether it's summer or winter, it's going to differentiate. Um, but it, it's, it's a lot of hard work. They, they, they make your life kind of hard 
Nothing is simple and easy. Hmm. And I don't really think that that's all bad if that's how you want to live your life. It's not the the lifestyle in itself. If you're like, hey, this is how I want to live and I want to, you know, work hard in the gardens. I want to use horses to, you know, plow the fields. If that's what you want to do, 100% is not about that. It's about how you treat people and and how that affects you and what that looks like, what you believe in in God and how you treat people. Like those are the things that matter more than like the simple lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. What where you get some things coming in that does become wrong is all the things that you are, are doing that they're doing to control people. The rules that they apply, the new rules that they come up with, like they're come up with new rules like where I'm from, it's all about creating more new rules whereas some other churches like old order and new order, they're a lot fancier. They're like fancy Amish people. <laughs> they will actually <laughs> they will actually advance into the modern world. And they okay. they allow, you know, people to ride on bicycles. They allow like new orders, like new order drives tractors. And they ride around in motorized bikes. And they allow computers and laptops and cell phones if they have a business. Or some people even if they don't have a business. Where I'm from, no way. That none of that would ever, you know, be allowed. They take the rules away. They create new rules. That's where the suppression comes in. The women are very suppressed. The women are supposed to walk around, you know, bear babies after they're married. Their heads are down. You're not going to see a lot of Amish women where you look into their eyes to have mm. a conversation. Wow. So for me, I have a twin sister. Oh. And her and I actually ran away when, when we were 17 for two days. And you can read more about that in my book. And there's a whole long story that I don't have time to go into. But that was my first first time around running away and then having to go back because she went back. And when I went back, I was completely devastated because I felt like this was my way out. And now I have to go back. So I went back. And then two years later is when I finally decided it was time to leave again. And at this time, I was working at my oldest sister's house and um, I was dating a guy in New York at the time. That's a whole other story. And and we wrote letters to each other. And we it was kind of like writing, you know, to each other in pen pals. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every other week I got a letter from him, and every other week got a letter from me. And that was such an amazing, precious time because you were like, I get to get a letter. So it's yeah. my turn to deliver a letter. I walk to the mailbox and when I get to the mailbox, there's a note in the mailbox that uh, from my boyfriend telling me that he left the day before he drove down from New York with a friend, him and his sister and her boyfriend. And they rode down together from New York to Ohio. And then he left a note and we had never talked about leaving ever. Wow. And I read the note I snapped my fingers and I said, I'm leaving. Like I, I knew a few weeks, maybe a couple months. I can't remember. I knew something was going to change something in my heart and my soul 
was telling me change is coming. So, but I had no idea what it was. I felt extremely unsettled in my soul and I knew change was coming, but I, I didn't know what it was because I really felt trapped. I was like, I don't know that I'll ever get to leave. How am I ever going to leave? By that time I'm dating someone and we had never talked about leaving. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, do I stay? And get married and have lots of babies. And it's a vision that I can never see myself have. Like I just never desired it. Or do I leave and I just don't tell him and I just leave. And then he made it easy for me. He played his role. And he was like, I left. You can come too if you want to. Wow. So he said on the note, we will be back here at 10 o'clock tonight. And if you want to leave. Uh, you can meet us here. And I said, okay. And I said, I'm leaving. So I, that was noon and I had until evening to decide how I'm going to do it and who I'm going to tell if anyone. And I didn't tell anyone because if you tell people, they will do everything in their power to keep you back there. Yeah. So it's not, not as easy as just getting up walking out the door and saying, I'm leaving. In retrospect, if I look back now, I'm like, but why? Like, why wouldn't I just do that? And I know why. It's the fear. It's the overwhelming fear. One, because you think you're doing something extremely bad. They tell you you're going to hell if you leave. And I said, well, if, if I'm going to hell for disobeying the church rules, I'm going to hell driving a car. That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is not a great mindset to have, but is what was going through my mind when that was happening. <laughs> so I didn't tell anybody and I just contemplated on how I was going to leave. And I waited until it was time to go to bed that night. <clears throat> I went upstairs and I um, wrote a little note to my family and I just said, Hey, I I have to do this. I have to leave. Has nothing to do with you, but I have to go. And when I think about that now, I'm like, I don't know where I got those words from other than God telling me write these words because I I didn't know what I know now. And so to be able to write that down on a piece of paper and say has nothing to do with you. This is my decision. I have to go. So then I wrote the note and then I climbed out the window onto the roof because how dare I just walk downstairs and leave? I was way too scared. So I walk out onto the roof and there's a uh, dog underneath on the porch underneath and he starts to bark. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm caught. So he barks and barks and barks. And finally, my brother-in-law opens the door because I'm at my oldest sister's house at this time. This is not where I grew up. Okay. And finally, my brother-in-law, he opens the door. He yells at the dog and tells him to shut up. And the dog runs away. And I, and to this day, my brother-in-law does not know that he, he literally helped me. Aww. 
<laughs> so and, and and that that there's there's a little backstory about that in my book about that too because there's there was a kind of an odd uh, thing happening there as far as what our relationship was looking like because he he wasn't a big fan of me so oh. so i so anyway the dog runs away i climb out onto roof i have 20 dollars in my pocket i took my covering off i now wish i kept it because it's like a souvenir um and I have my dress on and a couple little uh souvenir things. And so now I'm standing on this roof and I already know that my boyfriend's up on the top of the hill because he has a flashlight and he's letting me know that he's there. And I let him know that I'm there with my flashlight. So now I'm standing on this 15 foot roof and I have to jump. My gosh. So I sit there for about 30 minutes trying to figure out how I'm going to jump off this roof and not break a bone. Everything is going through my mind. If I jump off this roof and I break a bone, I won't ever be able to leave. And the entire Amish community is going to find out that I jumped off a roof to run away. I broke a bone and that's what you get for wanting to run away. So somewhere I found out we had a lot of cats on our farm and cats don't, this is, I, there's, there's, a, there's a point to this. It's crazy. Cats don't ever break a bone. When yes. they fall, they can, <laughs> they can fall and jump as far as they want and they will not break a bone. Hmm. And here's why they, when they're falling, they keep every single limb in their body loose every joint and every limb and everything's just relaxed so when they fall it's like a wet carpet it just falls and then they're fine so I knew that and so that's what I did I said okay I'm going to keep every limb in my body loose as I jump wow so I took a (laughs) I know so I I take a deep breath and I jump and the, and I didn't break a bone. <laughs> wow. Obviously and that was meant to be. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And the crazy thing is the road in front of me was literally 10, 15 feet away from me where I could just run out to the road, and run up the road. But I was so afraid that someone hurt me jump. Mm-hmm. That I didn't run out to the road. I ran quickly, ran to the side of the buildings, and I ran around about four to five buildings, up and ar- to the side and around, and then up to the to the hill because I was so afraid that someone was going to hear me jump and then see me run. Oh my gosh! What like what courage? I I can't even imagine, Lizzie. Yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy when you think about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, which is why I wanted to have you on my show because I feel like you are just the the epitome of someone growing to be beautifully confident. (laughs) Thank you. So, um, so can you share? You know, what was what was going through your mind that helped you? 
like really take those steps. Um, even for our listeners who may be saying, I feel trapped where I am, whether it's in a religion, in a in a relationship, trapped is trapped. Mm-hmm. So what were, you know, some of the steps that, you know, that you, that grew in you to help you realize I need to grow my confidence and, and take this next step in life? Yeah. So when you're in that space of feeling trapped, there's something that most of the time, if we can find it, we, if we know and feel that there is something bigger and better for us, like we just know, yeah. that's the thing that we have to grab onto. Like, mm-hmm. I'm getting emotional just thinking about this because my entire teenage year, years when I was at home, I knew that there was something more. I knew that I was meant for something bigger but I didn't know what it was. I just knew in my heart and soul. And so that was one of the driving factors for me is knowing in my heart and soul, I did not belong there and I needed to do something different. So if you're in a place of being trapped and you feel like this is not the place for me, here's what I tell everybody. I believe we are rarely ever somewhere by mistake. And here's why. And I'll tell you why, but one of the reasons why is because when we are in that space, it does not mean that that's where we're supposed to stay, Yeah. but there's a lesson there for us, right? So I was born into the Amish community, but I was never meant to stay there. I know that now because my God is so good and he will place you in places specifically for you to learn what you need to learn, then get out and create a new life. And that's what I was supposed to do. And that's what I did. And so I believe he, if you draw to him and that's your strength and where you draw wisdom from and you're close to that. And I wasn't, I I didn't know God the way that I know God now, (laughs) Right, but he will still talk to you and he will give you those desires and he will plant those things in you for you to draw from. And so you may not always know that that's who's speaking to you or why you have the feelings that you have. But if you are in a place of feeling trapped and you know that there is something bigger and that you need to be somewhere else, that's what you need to grab onto and then figure out how to get you from A to B. But like I said, like we're not somewhere by mistake. But it also doesn't mean that's where we're supposed to stay. Hmm. I love that. So how do we get out from there? How do we how do we move forward from that? And for me, after I left, I had $20 in my pocket. I had no social security number, no job, and I didn't have any extra clothes to wear. So I had to connect with people that could help me. How is little Amish girl that knows very little people going to connect with people? So I got lucky enough to be connected with a couple that had left like five or six years before. And they took me in for a couple months and said, we will help you. You can pay us $50 a month for rent, which I've never paid rent in my life. I knew very little about money. And 
we will help you get your your driver's license and your first car, and then you can be on your own. And I said, okay. And I got a job at a local restaurant washing dishes two days after I left. That's great. So in that process, I had to get my social security number and so that I could get paid legally. And then I, I got that job and just kind of like move forward from there. So two months after I left, I had my driver's license and I had my car and then I moved out. My, what a whirlwind. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's, it's really crazy when you think about it. Like I had never, I had rarely, I had driven, written in a car a couple of times, but like I knew very little about cars. So to get into a car and start driving was petrifying. I'm sure. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know what this thing is going to do or supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So. Did I answer your question? Yes. So yeah. So some action steps of how someone could identify something, something isn't right in me. I need to start to grow my confidence so that I am, I can move on in life. So any, anything else you want to add to that? Yeah. The biggest thing for me was aligning and connecting with the right people that I knew that could help me. So the way that that looked for me after I left, I knew after a few years, it takes a few years to like adjust because it is a major culture shock. I'm sure. And so I decided that I wanted to align myself with people that didn't come from the Amish because I felt like I could learn things from these people because they knew the world outside of the Amish community. And I knew that I needed to grow and I wanted to go places. And so I said, okay. Where can I connect with people that don't come from the Amish community that are really good people and they want to help me? And so being willing to be in a place of humility where it's like, I am okay asking for help. Listen, I hid for many years and I did not want people to know where I was from or tell them my background because I was so afraid of looking dumb. Like I, I was so afraid that I wasn't smart enough. I English isn't our first language. So yes. that's a whole other level of, okay, now I'm in conversations with people. I knew English, I can speak English, but the advanced version of English, no. So I'd be in conversations all the time and they'd be talking about stuff and using words in a way that I'm like, I don't have no idea what this means, but I'm going to pretend like I do because I don't want to look dumb. So I did a lot of pretending. (laughs) I think that's where that fake it till you make it comes in. (laughs) (laughs) But in time, I learned I don't need to do that. I can be 100% my authentic self and I can be vulnerable and humble and telling people, listen, I have no idea what you're talking about, but can you tell me? And so at being in a place of saying, I don't know everything, I know I don't need to know everything, and being humble enough to say, I don't know what you're talking about, but I would love for you to tell me. So I, I had to do a lot of growing personally to get to a place where I felt secure and confident enough in myself to say, please tell me. Like, or to say, if someone says, 
you know what I'm talking about? And I say, no. Whereas before I would have been like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I feel it. And now I'm just like, I confidently just say, no, I don't know what you're talking about. But if I want to know, I will ask you to explain it to me. That's a great growth lesson to realize and to have enough confidence in ourselves to be able to say, no, I I don't. Please, please share with me what you are talking about. That's great, Lizzie. I love that because I I do think a lot of us are kind of just want to play along so that we don't look stupid. But that is a a chip away at our our confidence to to feel like we have to do that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I run into people all the time that don't even come from from the background that I do. And, you know, they they may not feel confident in saying, I don't know what you're talking about. And I say, it's fine. Like, you don't have to be scared to let people know that you don't know something. Yeah. Because nobody knows everything. Exactly. So kind of a shift. So that is, I mean, such a, so much that you had to overcome. So once you did overcome that, so share a little bit about what you have going on now that, um, you know, maybe something that you're, you're promoting or, you know, what you're doing right now. And listeners, if you're driving, some of this information will be in the show notes as well. So go ahead and share what you have going on and what you're, what you're looking forward to promoting. Yes, absolutely. First thing I want to talk about is my new book. So my new book, Escaping My Reflection, A Pilgrimage from Suppression to Freedom. I will have book orders again in January. So we'll have that link for you. And anybody that orders that book, I will send a signed copy to them. Oh, You'll get one too, Kelly. Nice. I love signed books. (laughs) So I will be sending out signed books for anybody that orders those books through that link. So I'll get your address and all of that and I'll I'll send them out to them. And then the second thing is I have my own business now. I'm a board certified functional nutrition practitioner and I work in the health field, health industry. So I help women rebalance and heal their hormones, get their energy back, heal their gut. Most everybody that comes to me is in this place of not getting the help that they need from their doctors. Mm-hmm. And now they're come to me because they're not getting anywhere. The medical system is failing them. And now they're coming to me. And so that's what I do. So if you're in a place of, man, I really just don't feel well, but my doctors are telling me everything looks fine. I can assure you everything is not fine. Hmm. And that's what I do. Awesome. So there will be a link where they can book a call with me. And I also share a lot of information on my Instagram handle at Lizienne's Wellness. So you can follow me there. I share lots of information. You get, you can really get to know me there, my personality, what I do, what I share. A lot of people like to see how people are before mm-hmm. they say, hey, let me, let me work with that person. So you can find me there. Come say hi and I'll talk to you. I, I have I get a lot of messages, but I talk to every single person. You can get to know me there. And and then if you uh are feel like you're in that place where you need that help, then you can book a free consultation with me. 
Great. So, um, cause I, you kind of opened up a little bit of a door, but so that our listeners yeah. know, um, I'm, I'm post-menopause. So, but I, I do know I've had symptoms through life that was, that were like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and then realizing like, oh, it's hormone related. Um, so what are some symptoms that, that you hear that maybe our listeners might trigger something for them to say, mm-hmm. ah, I have that going on. What are some common symptoms that you hear? Yeah. Top symptoms that people come to me with are having no energy, just tired all the time, bloating. And bloating is such a vast uh, symptom. It can be caused by so many different things, um, but it typically has to do with our gut. But the hormones and your thyroid can also be a reason why you bloat. Hmm. However, up to 70% of our our illnesses start within the gut. And so if there's things that are off balance in the gut, those can be the reasons why your hormones are going wacko. Um, and then, and then sleep, sleep is a huge one. So I, I work a lot with people that have issues with their cortisol and their adrenals and your cortisol is such a huge one when it comes to your sleep, because your cortisol is supposed to be high in the morning and it's supposed to create an L and by evening it's supposed to be low because cortisol and serotonin turn into melatonin at night so that you can go to sleep. But for a lot of people, they get mid-afternoon crash. That's a sign of adrenal fatigue. And then in the evening, I don't know, have you ever experienced this? Where in the evening, you're like, I was tired all day. And then you got a bump of energy in the evening. I've experienced it when I'm ready to go to bed pretty often. (laughs) I'm so exhausted. I'm going. And now here I am just laying here. (laughs) Yep. So that can be a sign of an extra spike of cortisol in the evening. Hmm. And you're That's not supposed to get that extra uh, spike of cortisol in the evening. So then you go to bed, you fall asleep, and then like 2, 3 a.m., you wake up and you're awake for an hour or two trying to go back to sleep. That's also another uh, spike in your cortisol or blood sugar dropping. Because your cortisol is your fight. Yeah, your, your cortisol is your fight or flight hormone. Mm-hmm. Hmm. These are interesting things. Thank you. Yeah. That's a, like a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yes. So in conclusion, every single person that comes to me just wants to feel better. They want to feel better, have more energy so they can go do the things that they want to do. Exactly. Who doesn't want to feel better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Are you tired of draining your ad spend budget and still not landing in front of your ideal clients? Did you know the amount of podcasts have more than tripled in the past three years? And podcast advertising is helping more people get in front of their ideal customers. Visit my website, beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com to schedule a quick chat with me to see if your business qualifies to advertise on our show. So my last question, so could you talk about 
pick any turning point, maybe your your biggest turning point, because you talked about so many turning points mm-hmm. that you really knew you needed to take action to develop your own confidence, to feel like you were stepping into your most confident you. Absolutely. When I started my own business. Hmm. Yes. So I was a personal trainer. I'm a personal trainer as well. And I did personal training for in person at a, at a training studio for six years. And it was amazing. I loved it. Great, great experience. And um, when 2020 happened, we got COVID, everything got shut down. It was like, all right, it's time to shift. And I had known for about a year or so before leading up to that, that I felt like I wanted to have my own thing, but I just didn't know like how I would do it. And the confidence to step into the social media realm of things and promote myself wasn't there. I didn't understand it. And then 2020 hits, we get shut down and everybody's online. So <laughs> For sure. God was like, now's the time. He's like, this it's time. You got to do it. And so that's when I started my business. And right off the bat, as soon as I started my business, I hired a business coach. And I said... I know that I cannot do this on my own. I need to help have someone help me so that I can understand how do I run an online business? What kind of programs do I, you know, create? And it has been this ever evolving. I'm on my third business coach now. And I don't know if I will ever be without one because I know whenever I'm working with someone, I do better. Like I, I grow to the next level and you know, I start with one and then four months later, I got another one to take me to the next level. And then I, I didn't have a business coach. I had mentors in my life, but not an actual business coach until just recently. It's the most expensive business coach I've ever had, but <laughs> he's also going to help me the most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's really the key for me. And I feel like that's where that's the way that I look at my coaching business and how I help people is because you're at a place where it's like, I know things, but I can't do it myself. And I a hundred percent truly believe in investing in yourself and in your health because you can't figure it out on your own. And I love that you speed up the time and your results and your transformations by hiring someone that has the expertise in that And you grow like crazy because you just shortened that gap. That's awesome. And that's just such a testimony that we need to have other people around us who have the same same vision and the same motivation. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Yeah. So this is probably just a a little, and if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to, but (laughs) um, it's just been like, I'm just kind of dying to know. So- I know you're married, right? Yes. Is your husband the boyfriend that you left with? No. Okay. <laughs> and that's so funny. Everybody wants to know that. And I never really <laughs> think about it until they're asking me. And I'm like, no, actually, he's not. Okay. I we we actually separated a couple months after we after we left. And I was recently talking to someone about it and I said something and, and I don't remember who it was, but the person said, well, he did his job. He was there to help you leave. And that was it. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. You're hundred percent right. 
So uh, yes, to go back to yep. your words of, you know, we're in a place for a reason and mm-hmm. you know, yep. that was clearly yours. <laughs> with yes. Him. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. I met my husband at a church we were going to when we still lived in Ohio and we've been married for 10 years. We have, four, we have a four year old. So sweet. yeah. And he does not come from the Amish. So he cannot speak the Amish language. Nothing. <laughs> Which is probably good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it's funny because before we were dating, I was in this phase of not wanting to date. And I was just like, I just got to find myself. So I wanted to be okay being by myself and learning who like I really was and being confident in taking care of myself. And then I basically vowed that I would never marry someone that was from the Amish. Wow. So many good lessons though. And I love that you said that, you know, just one last little tidbit of being confident with yourself first. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way that we can enter into a great relationship is is being yes. confident with ourselves. We have to love yep. ourselves first. Hundred percent. That's what I tell all my friends if they're not married yet and they're in this place of, of being unsettled because they just want to get married. I tell them, listen, you get to a place where you are you are okay being by yourself and you're confident in that place. It will come to you because I just. It's exactly what happened to me. I wasn't looking when when he came to me. I wasn't looking because I was like, I'm fine. I want to be by myself. And then it happened because I grew in that space of not pursuing and just getting to know me more in that space and then being okay, confident by myself. Yeah. Yes. Well, Lizzie, thank you so much for sharing your story and what you're doing now that can help our listeners grow their confidence. So for everyone listening, if you want to connect with Lizzie, please check the show notes. Just an awesome person. And I would would recommend touching base with her if something that you heard touched your heart. It's touched my heart. So thank you so much for sharing, Lizzie. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review and share this with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you in your beauty and confidence journey, visit my website at beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com.